Gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler, brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln. You need to be more like a doll. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Coming at you live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Jake Bakovin and Nathan Brennan. Happy Monday to all the ticket listeners out there. I am Jake Balkovin. Nate Brennan is not here, actually. He's out in the mountains of Colorado. Shocker. It's not like Nate misses a whole lot of time. He does. You think so? Yes. Have you looked at the have you looked at August? Oh, he's just taking a lot of days off. He's taking a full week. Well, yeah. He's taking the same week that Rico is taking off. It seems like that's happening quite a bit around here. Uh, at least a few people taking off per week. But again, it's summer radio. This is the time to it is while time. you're not working it six days a week and and seven if you're if you're counting NFL football. Um, it's 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 a good time to get away. So it kind of makes sense. So Nick Sainer in for Nate, and uh, uh, it's it, it's kind of a fun weekend. He's out in Colorado. You were out in Colorado. Right? I was. I was. I had, had a great a, time. Yeah. Is that a business or pleasure meet? Uh, oh, it was trip? definitely it was definitely an enjoy, uh, a fun trip. Yeah. It was a uh, golf trip. So we we left for Kearney, Nebraska on Wednesday after work. Stayed in stayed in Kearney. I knew this text would come in from Tyler or for anyway Nick bashing Nate for taking time off. <laughs> yeah. No, so anyway, no, explain the days you took off. Yeah. Last so week. I left Wednesday after work and we drove to Kearney, golfed in Kearney on Thursday morning at like seven thirty or eight a.m. And then drove to Denver, golfed in Denver on Thursday night, stayed in Denver Thursday night, golfed in Aurora, Colorado on Friday, then stayed in Denver at the same hotel, obviously, on Friday night, golfed in Golden, Colorado on Saturday, and drove back on on Saturday night. That's a lot of golf. Golfed in Lincoln on Sunday morning. Oh, my goodness. You came back and golfed in Lincoln? Yeah, yeah. Because the the debate was whether or not we stay in Denver another night and golf in Colorado, or if we just get back home and and just golf in Lincoln in the morning. And we chose to Did you have, like, a a cup? Is there a tournament? Was there a winner? No, no. We just did our thing. So there was four of us, and, and what we did do... For a couple, we we did the the first three rounds. We scrambled basically, so we switched up teams every single time, and it was like you know obviously you switch up teams and, and things like that, and you you take a team score, and there were there was some some money on the line just between us, and then on Saturday we did just by ourselves our solo scores because it was a much nicer course. And how so. did you do uh, throughout? I finished these? third. I finished third in my group, <laughs> unfortunately. That fourth place guy. Yeah, the guy was in fourth in fourth place finished with like a, a one oh two. But honestly, that like I, I was telling the people on uh my show that that's not a bad score at that course. It was extremely difficult. Was that so. uh was that kind of an expensive trip then, golfing four places? Yeah, yeah. Well it was we we had booked this probably six or seven months out. because we want to do it this was our first time doing like a golf trip. Yeah. And what we eventually want to do, I, we already planned. We're going to Arizona next July. Oh, there you for, go for for a golf course. So, or for like on a golf trip. Same four guys, um, just all of us are, are just good good buds, and we will pay for the hotels. So, like six or seven months ago, when we booked the hotels, we just paid for them right then, 
And then we just saved up all of our money for yeah. for golf trip for like just the golf because the hotels were already paid for. So. Yeah, that makes it a lot more. It, easy. it works. Planning it works out easy. Yeah, yeah, it works out. Works out well. Uh, are you looking forward to Big Ten Media Days any more now that you know the Husker participants that will be there? If you missed it over the weekend, uh, Quentin Newsom, Travis Volkolek, and Garrett Nelson announced to be headed there. Uh, I think Garrett Nelson stands out as the personality that might get uh, get a few quotes and get a lot of interest mm-hmm. from some of the other media uh, reporters. But as I was looking. To these these kind the, I always kind of think of your team leaders there yeah uh, and and obviously guys that have been here in a year that you you transition obviously a lot uh, through the transfer portal and, and, and switching up things and who kind of your big time names are going into this was this uh, surprising or did, did anything kind of uh, shock you about this? no honestly no no nothing shocked me when you look at the secondary specifically you think of Quentin Newsom this year and I said this on Vershawn's show. I mean, Markel Dismuke, Deontay Williams, and Cam Taylor Britt are all gone. And the only other guy that was there the most last year outside of those three was Quentin Newsom. You talk to Travis Fisher, and he has extreme, extremely high praise for Quentin Newsom as well and, and talks about how he's an NFL guy and, and how he, he's compared him to Cam Taylor Britt. So when you talk about who's going to take over for Cam Taylor Britt as the leader in that secondary or in that defensive back room, it's Quentin Newsom right now because we have the biggest sample size from him over anybody else in that room. Whether it's, uh, I, guess, I guess if you want to throw Javen right in there, which he's not really a defensive back, he's going to be more of a nickel or, or maybe an outside linebacker. Or you, you throw in um, Omar Brown or any of the transfers that they Tommy brought Hill, in. Tommy Braxton Hill, Clark is a, like sticking around. It's but. great. They're great. Braxton Clark, yeah, is, a, is an interesting one because he's just kind of been banged up a little bit. Um, same, I guess, suppose with Javen Wright. But when you look at the secondary room, it, it's Quentin Newsom, and then this year it feels like Tommy Hill's going to make a, a stand, but we don't really know. We we kind of know what we're going to get out of Quentin Newsom. We kind of have an idea uh, what we what we are going to get out of Quentin Newsom. So that part doesn't surprise me. Travis Vokalek, if you look on the offense, who's the most experienced guy at Nebraska? Travis Vokalek might be one of those. Um, Omar Manning, I think production on the field actually does play a little bit of a part into this as well. So you look at production on the field and how much has really Omar Manning produced for Nebraska, not a whole lot. You look at the running back room, who do you really take out of the running back room? Not really anybody sticks up out of mind. So like, I think Travis Vokalek's one um, as, as well. But here, I'll ask you the same question that Vershawn asked me. If you had to pick four captains right now, who are your four captains on Nebraska's team? Well, I think I'd follow kind of what they've done there. Obviously, you'd probably go two, uh, two defense and two offense. I've got three here. Um, I don't know. Maybe Ramir or maybe you do. Really? Go, yeah, maybe you do. Uh, I mean, you kind of think about who else it would be on that offense. I think Travis Volkel, like, make, like you said, makes the most sense. Um, it's hard to tell without being on that team, obviously, like who's, who's the vocal guy. Who's, uh, who's a guy that says, you know, the coach points to and says, uh, this guy knows what he's doing. Follow what what he does in practice. Uh, you know, it's hard to say, but ultimately it just kind of leads to the question, whether it's big 10 media days or captain, Mm -hmm. do you need to be a quarterback? Do you want the quarterback to be the face Uh, of your program? And do you read anything? I suppose into Casey Thompson, not, going to Big Ten Media Days or, or, you know, kind of there's this, I don't, I don't want to say, maybe it's just summer 
uh, questioning, but the, the, this idea that maybe Chubba Purdy could push Casey Thompson, does does looking into Casey not going in? I mean, I would think if Casey Thompson went to Big Ten Media Days, you're pretty squared away with your quarterback. Exactly. Race. I don't think you read into it in this situation, Bob. I, I truly don't. Um, I don't think the quarterback has to go to Big Ten Media Days or any conference media days. I don't think a, a program needs it. Also, we've seen Nebraska not put a quarterback as the poster child for their fran- or for not franchise goodness sakes for their program <laughs> Wandell Robinson in 2019 like that's the one that I always go right back to is when they were going when they when they had the whole experiment expansion thing the whole uh facility mm-hmm. announcement right before Ohio State they brought Wandell Robinson up on there. Now, part of that also that is because part of that, be, but that was right after. I mean, Adrian's remarkable freshman year, yeah, and, and going in with such high expectations, not only for Adrian but as the for the program. And you don't put your quarterback now. Part of it may be that Wandale was going to be here, right? We didn't know about that was COVID. The idea. Yeah, Wandale was going to be a part of this program when this expansion or the facility finalized. However. Like Nebraska has been kind of out in the forefront of not putting quarterbacks as the face of their program, so I, I don't know if I also don't know if you just really need a need a guy or your quarterback to to go to Big Ten media days, especially if Travis Vokalek. We know what we're getting out of Garrett Nelson, right? There's going to be a lot of great quotes quotes from Garrett Nelson this next week. Um, Quint Newsom, we we know as well. Travis Vokalek's interesting. I I wonder if Nebraska fans would rather have an offensive lineman kind of be a face of their program i don't even know who that would be though that's that's exactly <laughs> what my point was going to be yeah. going is like trent hickson is the oldest guy in that room brock yeah. bando i i don't know i, I don't know what I'm, I'm curious to see how the captain situation is going to shake out as well well and that's just i mean i i think these type of questions obviously don't matter too much in the long run it's just part of the transitional year that you've kind of put yourself in uh and you know is there true leadership on this team again you need i i I, you need a winning culture. Uh, you need to start winning games to have that winning culture. Um, and I don't know if, you know, there's certain guys that naturally lead and all that stuff. But, I mean, you need the right amount of talent on the field and, and the cohesion and all that stuff. So there's a lot that goes into it than just leadership. But obviously that's very important. I just don't know if Nebraska feels uh, in the best spot, I suppose, with that. At, at the same time, you've had Adrian, what's he, a four-year captain? Mm-hmm. Um, and you never went to a bowl game. So, I mean, you could have the quarterback, longtime leader um, that they've had going in the last couple of seasons in, in Adrian, and, and obviously it doesn't make up for what they have here. Um, you wonder if, like, somebody points out the text line, maybe Thompson's just got a lot to focus on. You're still working on uh, a lot. And I know it would just be a one trip and a few days out of, out of that, but maybe his preparation, he wants to stay in the playbook. He wants to, yeah. keep, you know, we've heard he's passes. a film junkie. Yeah. And I mean, and the other thing is the quarterback, regardless of whether you're a captain, whether you go to big 10 media days after the game, you're the one that everybody's listening to other than the coach. Everybody wants mm-hmm. to know what the quarterback says. So whether you're you're elected captain or, or put out in front of the media, you know, preseason, um, it you're you're going to have to fit into that role, and that's why I, I don't know if I wouldn't. Uh, I might have thought a little bit about having him there, but you also kind of wonder how you do this uh, selection, right? You don't yeah. necessarily vote uh, based on it, and um, you know, and, and then again, maybe if the, if you do, I I don't think. 
I'm not like reading into it as far as like you know this this quarterback uh, uh, decision. It has not been made. Uh, I, I still think it's probably 80% decided and Casey Thompson is going to take, you know, 75 to 80% of the snaps yeah. on their first day of, of fall camp. Um, so I think that's kind of where you are with it. But at the same time, at least you don't, I, I mean, I don't think you close the door on the quarterback conversation. I think you would a little bit more if you did elect without him having, you know, worn Scarlet and cream before just all of a sudden you're the guy you're going to be one of our, our, our team leaders. I mean, there are guys that, that, that maybe would be interested and headed up there that have put put in the blood, sweat and tears and it hasn't worked out for their, their team success in the Scarlet Creed, but maybe, you know, this is something, maybe a cherry on top, something that players look forward to their maybe. junior and senior years. I'm, I'm genuinely curious because we get a lot of this on the text line and, and rightfully so. I understand that there's a, an opinion about this that if they haven't, played at Nebraska they shouldn't be a captain they right. shouldn't be a, you know they need to put in their time and I I do see that to one extent I wonder though with college football's landscape changing if if that idea or narrative will also change right because and once again that's why I think performance on the field might mean more than we think to who they send to Big Ten media days maybe because if you sit here and think, all right, who's the who's the most polarizing player on this roster right now for Nebraska? It's probably Casey Thompson. It's probably O'Shawn Mathis, and it's I don't know. There, there's probably Trey Palmer. Trey Palmer. <laughs> I mean, if, right? if the guys you're most excited about. But it's like, what are what are you going to ask them? How much stock are we able to put into their answers when we're specifically speaking about Nebraska? Right. Yeah. Because these these won't be questions about you know how is it different. There obviously there'll be questions about to you know if Casey Thompson were to go were to go to Big Ten media media days there'd be questions about you know what's different from your previous stop to Nebraska and then he talk about how Nebraska is the best program he's ever been a part of and, and that's and that's great and fine and dandy but once again it's like how much stock do we put into this and, and right now I think Nebraska fans are starving for answers and starving for production and results that. Sending a guy like Quentin Newsom, who's been here multiple years, and sending a guy like Volkolek, who, yes, used to be a transfer, but has been here yeah. and had to step up last year when when Austin Allen really didn't – I mean, he did – okay, I should be careful there. He had results. Austin Allen had results. But it wasn't the one-two punch that we were kind of expecting last year in my eyes. Um, I think we were expecting more production out of those two together and because it, it was such a great – Opportunity. So, well, Austin, I mean, Austin Allen took it. Austin Allen did. No, Austin Allen did. But it, it felt one. exactly. You're right, and, yeah. and that's where I was like careful with how I worded that because we walked into that season thinking, man, this one-two punch potential of Austin Allen and Travis Vokalek. There's a chance that Nebraska has two of the best tight ends, or, or you know, combinations, and they use it in games. But instead, like they used Austin Allen, but we we didn't get to see a whole lot of Travis Vokalek. Part of it was because he's banged up. Um, but you, you sit here and I don't think you read too much into to Casey Thompson not going. And obviously, it's just kind of crazy. Whenever I think of Austin Allen, he had one year left that he could have came back due to COVID. It, you know, he was graduating, moving on, all that stuff. Uh, obviously, it didn't work out great for him as far as getting drafted, but he did have a, a very successful year here at Nebraska. And then when you think about bringing in a new offense, not that it would have changed their mind on getting Mark Whipple or uh, getting Casey Thompson out of the portal, 
But you have to you have to imagine. At least I would feel significantly better. And again, like like you're saying, it's no knock on Travis Vokalek. Just Austin Allen had a special season for a tight end at Nebraska. Yeah. And so I mean, if you think of him returning, Nebraska's kind of going into this season without an identity and offense. And there's only so much you can do with with what style of offense Nebraska would bring in, right? I mean, like Iowa having Sam Laporta back means a lot. Like, there's some offenses you could say, okay, they can kind of base it around that tight end. But if you had Austin Allen coming back, um, do you think that, that, I mean, do you think the excitement level and just the overall identity of the offense would be a little bit more clear? Um, I mean, I, I I think it makes sense. I mean, a guy that, that yeah. kind of broke some records there. But, I mean, that I, I, I continue to find that fascinating because Nebraska doesn't have somebody to necessarily lean on, and that's kind of why you're in this, this question, in, in this scenario where it's like, I you know, I guess in Travis Volkolek, and it's not a knock against him, but um, he's not, he hasn't been the, the most productive player. There just aren't a whole lot of incredibly productive players returning. Well, the thought, I think, with Travis Volkolek, especially going into last year, was not, okay, the thought going into last year was Austin Allen's the pass catcher, Travis Vokalek's the blocker, the more nitty-gritty kind of thing. Um, so when you, I, I wonder how much concern is there with the tight end room right now? Yeah. I, I think there's there's a sense of calm because of Sean Becton, right? And, and when you look at the guy, obviously Nebraska got rid of multiple coaches on the offensive side, and, and Sean Becton was kind of the lone guy remaining. So I, I suppose that puts you at, at ease a little bit. But I, I wonder now, especially with Thomas Fedoni going to be missing a, a good chunk of the season, Travis Vokalek's going to really have to step up uh, offensively. Now, yes, you do have Chancellor Brewington as well. Um, folks were excited because they saw A.J. Rollins make a really good catch in, in the spring game. Yeah, he's a good athlete, but like part of me is like, we haven't seen anything on the field, unfortunately. So I, I truly do wonder, let us know, Honda Lincoln Hotline, Sutter Heyman Text Line, how concerned are we with the the tight end room, right? Because we always talk about we feel good about the wide receivers, right? Because Mickey Joseph and all the guys they brought in. We feel decent about the running back room because we expect Jockey Ant to make a, a massive improvement, and then you go out and get Anthony Grant and Gabe Irvin's healthy, and we saw Ramir Johnson handle the load relatively well last season. Offensive line's a question mark. Quarterback we feel like Nebraska upgraded at. But what about tight end? Because last year, tight end was a big discussion point. Big discussion point because of that that possible one-two punch. But now we don't have Nebraska doesn't have that one-two punch anymore. It's it's Travis Vokalek and then kind of a a mix of guys behind him that include Chris Hickman, who's been mainly special teams. You, it's including AJ Rollins, um, Chancellor Brewington, and that's pretty much it. Now with Nate Borkacher, I guess as well. So it's like yeah. you you wonder. How where where's the the panic level or caution or just you know kind of concern for the tight end room going into the into fall camp? I mean they can't afford to have any other injuries there. Yeah, and you also wonder like how much of it is going to be used in, in Mark Whipple's offense, which you know if he if he does have one in the past, it seems like he's been using them. Um, it it's just. If he doesn't, then he doesn't use them as much. And so that's kind of what I'm going to be looking at is, is how many 
two tight two tight end sets are they going to bring out there? How many yeah. uh, you know on those sets are they running routes? Do you, you leave one in for a blocker? Are they going to be mostly blocking tight ends for heavy sets for running attack? You know, it, it's just going to be interesting to to see. And you feel bad for Thomas Fedone. Just um, we'll see if he's able to come back at some point this season. I think that's still what he's looking at. I think so. Um, similar to last year though, but you never feel like he's a hundred percent or you know obviously in midseason form. Um, so it, it's 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 going to be frustrating. And then you just hope, too, with a guy with an injury history already now, that young, though, if he yeah. ever is going to be able to maximize the potential that he had from the beginning. Um, and, and so, I mean, it, it's it, it's frustrating to to see that happen again, but it's football, I suppose, uh, and that those things happen. But I just kind of fascinating overall. I, I can't wait to see this offense uh, going up against Northwestern just to see what they look like, what are they going to lean on, and, and, and how much are they going to show, you know, maybe for later yeah. in the year, you know, your first five games is more that base install type of offense, then you can kind of mix it up later in the year. Okay, so before, I want to I want to get to that point, actually, but first, Byron said you can scheme not having tight ends with all the receivers we have, you can only have one on the field at a time. I, I think you do that with caution, because if Nebraska's not winning the line of scrimmage, especially with the offensive line. And you talk about Nebraska hopefully trying to uh, establish a run game, whether that's over the course of time, right? Um, I I think you're going to need bodies out there. So we talk about trying to find a sustainable run game or or finding a, a consistent running game in the Big Ten West, nonetheless. I think you need bigger bodies out there. The bigger they are, the better, right? We saw it with last year with with Minnesota. All five of their guys were over three hundred pounds or whatever, yeah. And they were just mammoths, and and they got a good push. Once again, here, if I can bring it up quick enough, the uh, Minnesota last year averaged five or five yards per carry, four point nine eight specifically on five hundred and twenty carries, without Mohammed Ibrahim, and that was with five guys that were over three hundred pounds. Like, size is your best friend in the Big Ten. Now, granted, on the perimeter and even on the offensive line, Nebraska's recruited size. Unfortunately, they just haven't developed that size into Big Ten West production. And mainly on the offensive line um, is kind of what I'm getting at there. Because Minnesota, once again, 520 carries last year, 2,593 yards, which equaled 4.98 yards per carry had 23 rushing touchdowns, and that's not ca- counting their quarterback. And that's that's the type of offense that I do want to see at, at some point in Nebraska. Yeah. I don't think that's the offense they're gearing toward here. And as you mentioned, tight end, too, it, it's interesting um, because they don't – you know, because when you think about the guys that maybe the Chris Hickmans, the Chancellor Brewingtons that you're talking about, um, they could have some interesting uh, – formations that kind of lead to those guys, you know, being in the slot or whatever, and then coming in to play tight end um, because they're not very big, like 230 pounds. Um, So they're still kind of in that new receiving threat. I don't want to say too new, but kind of the new downfield receiving threat tight end look. Um, And that's where a lot of Nebraska's, Guys are. I mean, A.J. Rollins is similar, is listed at 220 right now. They just moved Brody Tagaloa over there. He's 260. Luke Lindenmeyer, uh, a freshman, is 250. I mean, so they got some bigger, yeah. inexperienced guys, um, but the drop-off just as far as, as, as weight 
from Travis Vokalek is considerable. So, I mean, I mean, he's got to be considered, and he has been considered a pretty darn good run blocker as, as far as a tight end goes. And so, I mean, I think he's going to have to consider that, continue with that package. I just, I don't know what a two tight end set, like a run blocking set looks like out there. Who's the next big tight end that's going to go in there? That's or point. D- regardless of, of what, how big he is, Chance of Bruins, <laughs> if you get him in motion, he can knock you down. Uh, ex- exactly. We, we saw that plan play multiple times last year. And, and that's like, once again, Going back to something you said, Bach, about the whole, like, what do we see? What kind of offense do we see against Northwestern? We'll have conversations about this as it gets closer on August 27th. Uh, comes, you know, within a few days of it. Nebraska doesn't have the ability, in my eyes, to hold things back. Yeah, I, I, I just, too much. I just truly think that it has to be guns ablazing from the start. I, I really do. And because Nebraska, they've held things back in the past and, and tried to, you know, I understand you're working with a new quarterback, you're working with a new offense coordinator, and there might be a couple hiccups. So I get that there needs to be that install period. But we've also heard that they've been working their tails off in the offseason like they like they should and like they probably are. I'm not doubting that at all, um, especially with Mark Whipple and Case Thompson and Scott Frost, because once again, with Scott Frost, it's never been an effort problem with, with, with the head coach. So when you sit here, I just don't know if Nebraska has the luxury to hold things back because you don't want to be sitting there after the Northwestern game saying and losing by three points and saying, man, maybe we shouldn't have held things back. Yeah. It's the same result as the previous four years. Like, that's you do not want that to happen where you're sitting there after a close loss going, maybe we shouldn't have held things back. Maybe we should have tried to keep our foot on the gas like we haven't in years past. Well, in those In those close games, too, I mean, you would think, I mean, every game is going to be almost not every game, but obviously feeling like must win for a lot of these early games. And uh, we'll do our Rutgers preview. So we're counting down to Big Ten media days when we return, but it, it does kind of follow the, the conversation. They might be a little bit better. I mean, they went to a bowl game of five and five and seven, but uh, still went to a bowl game last year. Um, so it might be a little bit better than Indiana and Northwestern. But those, if you lose to one of those teams and, and almost throw Rutgers in there, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's ugly. I mean, it, it, it's not much better than losing to like Georgia Southern. Uh, so we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll do a Rutgers team preview leading to Big Ten media days. We're listening to Ticket Water Cooler, 93.7 The Ticket.